Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. We got a great show planned for you. I actually have a... Uh, uh, I wish I could send a picture or post a picture of what the my uh, recording area looks like. I have stuff everywhere. There's often so much I want to talk about. I don't even get through half of it. Um, so I've got a hodgepodge of stuff we're going to talk about tonight. Super stoked on all of it. You know, a lot of the themes um, that get brought in indirectly and directly really come out of my clinical practice and clinical experience. Almost two decades of doing this work, sex, relationships, psychology, mental health. And, um, you know, what I get to see that's both good and bad is some of the same issues constantly being brought in and bumped into and struggled with and good because it means repetitions necessary and that hitting some of the same things over and over on the show are going to be what we need to hear and be reminded of because that's part of it. We hear something, it's meaningful, it penetrates. Sometimes forever we carry it with us. There are some sound bites or reminders that are very accessible and front of mind, but then sometimes they drift and it weakens, which is why after some really powerful sessions, I'll tell clients, now sit sit after our session and just really savor it. I know that's an odd word because we usually apply that to food and taste, but we want to psychologically and mentally savor it, really internalize it, really build it in. And I also say sometimes write that down, go journal or write down a few things you want to remember because even though it feels so close and so powerful right now, as time goes on, that weakens and we can drift or forget exactly how it was said or what it was that we want to be really taking with us. Um, so I say that about the show as well. If something was meaningful, come back and listen to the episode or write down some of the sound bites or headlines. Um, and that's why on the show, there's some forms of repetition because it's all about building in. We have so much to unlearn and we have so much to then replace that unlearning with. So it's about, it truly is about repetition. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of it. And, um, okay. So a thousand things I wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to share some research on dating. Um, it's not necessarily what we're going to talk about all night. But there are people that are, you know, again, we have the highest rate of singledom right now. So for those of you that are in a relationship or married, awesome. These things still apply. But we have the highest rate of singledom, a very high rate of divorce. So there's a lot of people that are going to be reentering relationship or currently have. Or they're out there in the dating world. Um, so I wanted to call out a few interesting pieces of research. Some of this made me laugh. Um, so just bear with me because I'm citing research. Uh, so... Dating apps and photo selection. Yes, we have some interesting research. 
Um, <laughs> there's nothing more entertaining. And I say this very lovingly and supportively of looking at people's dating app photos. I have clients show me and we talk about how they're marketing themselves with these photos, what these photos might tell potential suitors. And we'll, you know, I've talked about this on the show, like, hey, every photo you have a cocktail in your hand. Is that what you want to show? Is that an important part of your life? And if so, awesome. Do you put it on blast. But if you don't want to come off as someone who parties a lot because you don't, well, then maybe be more thoughtful and post more honest photos. And we kind of look at that because remember our social media, the photos on our dating app. And again, for people that are married and in relationships, your social media is a marketing tool. Anyone who sees it, follows you or stumbles upon it, whatever you post is you telling them, this is what I think my best is, or this is what I value most in the world. And they will understandably take that at face value. So just make sure you stand behind what it is you're putting out there in the world. Uh, especially if you're dating or trying to date, people will go on your social media, but even more meaningful on the dating app itself. You should see some of the things that people are putting out there. Um, we're not selling a dream. I like authentic and honesty. I think we should let people know who we are so we can truly find someone who wants who we are and we can find a match. But we also have to be, you know, some tweaks can be made and that's what <clears throat> I'm gonna show you research-wise. So um, number one, let me just remind you, uh, the purpose of being on a dating app <laughs> is to intrigue and uh, to uh, magnetize and pull people in. So yes, you wanna post flattering photos, you do. Um, and I, what I mean by that is not necessarily your most flattering, but just something that falls under the general rubric of flattering. It's an erotic space. You want people to think of you in terms of romance and desire. Post things that would elicit that. I see some pictures and I was sitting with a friend the other night and we were looking at his uh, Tinder profile or not his, I'm sorry, the his Tinder as he was swiping. And I was just in awe at some of the photos people posted that just were um, not erotic, not of desire, not romantic, not intriguing, not captivating. And I thought these people are looking for love and romance and they're posting pictures that you would send to a funny, you know, a humorous friend of yours. Um, humor can work, but you still want desire in there. Um, so when we come back, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the research around what kind of photos get the most responses. Um, you know, I, thought, I found some of this actually kind of uh, unexpected. And then, of course, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to uh, circle back and hit. And uh, wearechannelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it, post, share, re-listen, all sorts of good stuff. But stick around, because like I said, coming up, we're going to be uh, talking more about um, how to create more desirable dating apps. But we're going to be looking at the photos, looking at some research. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, because there's more to come. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right we're back and we're talking about photo choice interesting research around what photos on dating apps get the most responses because <laughs> I was sharing before the break that I was sitting next to my buddy and I was looking at his Tinder with him and I was looking at some of the photos people post and I thought, don't they know that this is a dating app that it is about invoking desire and sexuality and romance and hunger and lust. And there's so many different ways to do that. And some of them just read really funny, which is fair and, and fine, but some of them just read really unerotic and unattractive and kind of gross. And I thought, do y'all remember what the mission statement and purpose of being on this app is? Like you're kind of not going about it the right way unless you're not looking for love. So um, let's talk about it. This is research that was looking at the responses that certain kinds of photos got. And we've talked about some things like this on the show. Um, and I think it's important to circle back and look at it. So check this out. So you can boost your uh, chances of getting a like on a dating app by about 70%, which is, that's a, that's a big boost. 70% increase in a chance of someone swiping on you, liking your photo, um, where you're standing alone. Sit with that for a second, because looking at my buddies, Tinder, I noticed that there's a lot of people that post photos, even their initial main photo, the first one you land on, where it's them standing with other people. So let's start with why it's a problem if your main photo is you standing with other people. People have to take the time to figure out which one you are and swipe through. You're also making it a competition between you and the attractiveness of other people. I've looked at an app where there was two people in the main photo and I thought, oh man, I'm really hoping it's that one. They're the attractive one to me. And then I swipe and it's the other one. You've set a bar that doesn't even need to exist where if it was just you standing alone, you're not being compared to anything. It's also confusing and distracting to people. Um, you make them do more labor and more work. It's even harder and more awkward when you're standing in a photo with one person or more people and they put emojis over the other people's faces to protect their privacy and whatnot, but it's very distracting and very odd and strange. So if you're posting photos of you with other people, stop. And if you are, make it one towards the back. <clears throat> Don't make that your main picture. 
and maybe don't include any of those at all. Because again, people are gonna start comparing you to the attractiveness of those around you, especially if it's your main picture. So post pictures where you're standing alone, the research shows you have a 70% boost in the chances of getting a swipe or a like. That is big. <laughs> because remember, on the dating apps, people don't have all the time in the world. It's often a split second decision that's made. People are busy in their lives, people are burnt out on dating and on apps, and they're swiping quick and they're swiping fast. Make it easier on them and on you. 70%, that's a big deal. <clears throat> um, here's another one. <clears throat> Men can boost their chances of getting a like by standing alone, we talked about that. In addition to that, by smiling without teeth and looking straight towards the camera. So, this is also a very interpersonal neurobiological explanation that the research didn't get into, but you know what? I understand this, so I do. We feel safer with dead on staring at us views of someone else's face. We feel safer when someone's staring directly at us, not in an intense, aggressive way, but face-to-face -face, full eye contact will always soothe us and make us feel safer. Where side profiles, especially from certain angles, read as threatening. So again, the research shows you get a better chance by standing alone, smiling without showing teeth, and by looking straight at the camera. Just pictures of you standing there, smiling, looking at the camera. That's all it is. It's that simple. No, no other people in the photo with you. You don't have to be showing teeth necessarily and be just looking straight at them. Simple, right? Um, here's another one. Candids outperform, out, outperform posed photos. We're in a day and age where people want more truth, more organicness, more spontaneity. Um, we are burnt out on the hyper curated, face-tuned, filtered photos. There was a time when that was the man that was mandatory. You were keeping up with that. That was your competition. Everyone's IG were these perfectly curated templates and they were stylized and photos were worked over a thousand times in these wild poses and it just felt inauthentic and fake. Everything felt like an ad for something. And that was the vibe for a minute. Now we're on the other side of that. We just want candid, natural shots. And I think that's the result of more TikTok and videos where it is more on the fly and that feels safer and more comfortable to us. It feels more authentic. It feels more warm. And so get rid of all those fancy schmancy um, posed photos, especially ones that are like headshots and professional photos. It feels glossy. It feels slick. It feels fake. It doesn't feel warm. It doesn't feel authentic. I always tell people that with sexting as well. I, I remember there's a time where I was very much participating in singledom and hookup culture and people were sending these oddly like professional erotic post photos and it just it wasn't hot it wasn't gritty it wasn't sexy it was just so glossy and it was like just go in your you know bedroom and send me a pic just smile at the camera so remember that get rid of these headshots and these fancy schmancy photos and just put more organic casual photos of yourself just being a human being in the world um, so again, candid shots outperform the posed ones drastically. Um, yeah, but here's another downside. 80% of pictures that are posted tend to still be posed. So you can actually stand out even more by not being part of the 80% of people that are always putting these hyper posed photos, which feel very awkward. Sometimes you can tell that that person tried 15,000 times to get that photo, you know? So again, <clears throat> all this really matters because some of these small tweaks could be what really puts you forward or sets you apart from 
the rest of the individuals on there. And for people that are burnt out and they're busy, these things count. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about a few more stats that um, I think are really interesting. I love stuff like this. Um, small tweaks, small changes. Um, and then, of course, we'll be doing uh, the DM. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back to. Love hearing from you. And uh, past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. Stick around, though. We'll be back, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all. We are back and uh, talking about dating app photos and looking at some really good research that tells us what kinds of photos and poses and whatnot get the most attention and likes. And why does that matter in a dating app? Because that's the whole purpose of the dating app. If you're on your Instagram, who cares how many likes you get? That's ego. People like things and just don't move forward with tapping on it. I never tap on anything. I still like stuff. So it's not a, a good, a true barometer of who saw it and who liked it. Uh, but on dating apps, it 100% matters. <laughs> These things do count. Uh, you're on there for one purpose only and that is to uh, try to match with someone. So we're looking at the research. It was showing that you have a 70% increase in chance of getting liked uh, or swiped if you are standing alone in a photo. And I was saying that looking at my friend's page, I was noticing that <clears throat> some people's main photo was them with other people. And so people had to like, people were first off comparing who they wished it was in the photo, looking for the most attractive person, finding out maybe it wasn't this the person whose page they're looking at, but also they had to swipe through to figure out who the person was. If you're gonna post photos of you with other people, do it towards the back when it's already been established who you are and they're interested enough. But your first main photo should just be you by yourself. Then I was talking about the awkward emojis that people put on the other people in the photo's face sometimes, which is distracting. Um, also, uh, staring straight at the camera gets more attention versus side profile shots. And um, also smiling without teeth, I thought was interesting. Now, the bearing of teeth can feel a little, I guess, intense or overwhelming. Um, then we were just talking about candid versus posed. 80% of the photos on these dating apps are posed, but candid ones get more attention. And so putting more candid ones will make someone feel more warm, more natural, more connectable um, versus these glossy, shiny, professional, headshot-looking things, which feel impersonal, it feels stressful, it can feel overwhelming. Um, so uh, that, here's another one. I thought this was really funny because I'm one of those people where when I'm looking at someone's photo, I'm taking in the totality of it all. So I'm noticing how messy the room is, uh, the objects that are in the room. And if these are photos that are taken and the room is just a, is dirty or messy, it's a turn off. It's a turn off because you realize this person's dirty or messy. Um, and very few people, even if they themselves are messy, are drawn in by that. So do notice what's around you in the room. It matters. It's presentation. You're marketing yourself. All these things are us marketing ourselves. Our social media is a marketing tool. So be thoughtful about what you're posting. But same thing with the photos and these dating apps. This is all potential suitors have to go off of is a, is two to five photos and a, and a wonky bio. So they're going to notice what are you wearing? What's in the room? All these things count. We're trying to do an assessment. Um, it's the small things. So another one, selfies perform poorly. We're just standing there awkwardly with your camera. They don't do well. So uh, lean your camera on something, have someone hold it, find photos that friends have taken of you. Those tend to do better. I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you what the research says. Selfies don't do well. Ready for this one? Not surprising. Of all the different kinds of selfies people tend to take, which ones do y'all think do the worst? Yeah, the gross bathroom ones. No one wants to see you standing there staring at your toilet. 
toilet open, toilet down, your you know toothbrush and all that scattered all over. Bathroom selfies do worse. Selfies don't do well. Bathroom ones are the worst. Get stop going in your bathroom and lazily, awkwardly taking a photo. Stop with selfies if you can. Have someone else take some photos. Find some of you, and if you have to do them yourself, cool. Don't do them in your bathroom. <laughs> Ready for this one? Because the bathroom selfies will decrease your chances by ninety percent. So basically your bathroom selfies are almost completely ruling you out. And I get it. No one wants to associate someone with pooping and peeing and a dirty bathroom or with a toilet and toilet paper. I get it. This is a site, dating apps that are literally only about desirability, romance, and attraction. Remove things that are de-eroticizing. No one wants to imagine you or literally see you in your bathroom especially with the toilet seat up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So get rid of the bathroom selfies, if not the selfies altogether. Again, the entire mission statement of a dating app is dating, which is the rubric of affection, sensuality, romance, desire, lust. None of those things exist <clears throat> with the bathroom. And even when they do, they don't tend to outside of the sexual erotic domain. It tends to not exist in the romantic part. It's a big one. <clears throat> and finally, ready for this one? Black and white photos do the best. That's interesting and shocking to me. Black and white photos do the best. They only make up about uh, 1% to 3% of the photos that are actually ever posted. Almost no one posts them. But the studies showed that they have about a 106% boost in likes. I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. I would have thought it was the opposite, that that reads as flat and boring, but no one does them, and supposedly they would make you do far better. I don't know what to say. I honestly don't. <laughs> I don't have a lot of theories as, as to why that is. Not as relevant. The research says what it says. Decide what you want to do with that. Live your life and do you. That's what that is. <clears throat> All right, we're going to take a, uh, we're gonna come up and do some DMs. Got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, and then uh, we are channelq.com. That's where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. Um, when we come back, we're going to keep talking about a few things to consider um, when dating, and then we're going to push forward into some other stuff. So uh, don't go anywhere, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Stick around. All right, we're back, and now it's time to uh, slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, how do you know if you did the right thing by breaking up with someone? Oh, we weren't toxic, but we haven't been good in a long time, probably since way before the pandemic. She told me I was giving up on us. But I feel like all I've been doing is trying and I'm just exhausted. Now I'm having thoughts. I could have tried more, but I don't really know what else to do. Oh, it's so hard to sit in that. You never know. You'll never know. That's the thing. A lot of things are decisions we make based on the limited information we have about what's going on now. Here's the thing. One of the best predictors of future behavior is past behavior. So we can assume all things considered, nothing changing, that how they are and how they've been is how they'll always be. However, we can't assume that. That's the kick. 
past behavior is our best indicator of future behavior. However, future behavior is always a wide open possibility because people do change. People do make improvements. People do work on themselves. People are, their lives are altered and shifted and their personality is changed as a result of life events. So it's very possible that this person just becomes an amazing human being soon after. I don't know. You'll never know. And so you have to go off of what makes sense to you. Now, you said that things weren't toxic but that you haven't really been good in a long time, I don't necessarily know what that means, not good. But if you were willing and interested and able and could conceive of leaving like I think you said you basically did, well then that must have felt reasonable. And you're saying, I have thoughts I could have tried more, but I don't know what else I could have done. So I'm not necessarily hearing you say you want this relationship back because you you know, reflected on the meaning and value of what it provided. So I'm not necessarily blown away by the fact that, you know, you're realizing maybe you could have done more, do more, do more and do better next time then. You know, that's that's really all I can come up with. Um, really think about who you were in that relationship, who you are proud of having been and make sure you do that again and more of that. And also notice who you were in that prior relationship that you weren't proud of and, and really track and be aware of not recreating that or bringing that forward into your next relationship. And really instead of wondering what could have been, focus on being better next time. I think that's the gift of relationships. And like I said, it's very easy when we're single and we're experiencing whatever comes with singledom, maybe some loneliness, change in identity, different social life, maybe more time and space. I don't know. That might be part of what you are, what's triggering a lot of that longing and that confusion. Or it could really be that you miss this person. I don't know. But I want people to be aware that just because after a relationship ends, we can feel bad or on our own or as though we've lost something because we have, that doesn't mean the decision we made was not a good one. The drift or loss of anything is going to be felt. It's going to impact us and we don't like losing things. And often until we have a new person in our lives, we very longingly can look back at our past relationships. So I would say focus on, you know, what are you doing with your newfound time? Reconnect with other people. Go engage in the world differently. Go have experiences. Start dating again to be reminded that there are other options, that you are desirability, that there is more to come. That can be very powerful for a lot of people. Um, those are kind of the two things I always remind people to do. Make something meaningful out of that time and that space so as to not falsely miss that individual and maybe bring them back in to then maybe have the same issues and, and, and move them back out. Um, <clears throat> this is a very pivotal moment, right? Because this other person might be healing and moving on and you don't want to disrupt that because you're unsure. You know, your partner deserves someone who's completely sure. That's what everyone deserves, to be with someone who's all in, not partially in, partially out, wanting them to be different necessarily. Everyone deserves someone who's all in. So, you know, maybe even see it that way, that your ex deserves someone who truly wants them, all of them, without a doubt, and that you'd be blocking them from being with or meeting that person because you feel anxious. So, you know, learn from the past relationship, be better next time. And, uh, you know, just deal with some of that discomfort. Again, discomfort is not always a sign that something is wrong or bad. It's just a, a, a feeling or an experience of change or shift. But people panic as a result of that. So don't live from that, you know. Um, but that's a tough one. Because again, everyone does change. Future holds unknowns. But the past is the best predictor of the future. Not a dead-on perfect predictor, but it's all we have to work off of. <laughs> Because otherwise, anything is possible. Um, 
Yeah, I know. All right, y'all. If you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. We got more to come, y'all, so don't go anywhere. Stick around. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back. And, you know, again, we're talking about dating app research and the things we want to focus on, consider. Before the DMs, we were looking at some research that was really giving us some fascinating facts, such as no one wants a bathroom selfie. People don't really like selfies. On dating apps, they don't get a lot of attention, but bathroom ones are the grossest, and that's very understandable. Dating apps are about romance and attraction, and none of that exists when we're staring at you in your dirty bathroom and looking at your toilet, Um, and the fact that you need to get some more toilet paper. Also, uh, black and white photos supposedly are awesome. Uh, What we also don't like are photos of side profiles. We want to see your face dead on. Side profiles feel like you're kind of hiding something. And also, we don't want to see you in a photo with a group of other people. We just want to see you. Just trying to see what you look like, you know? Um, Yeah. So, what about when we get on the big date? And this is something that those already married in relationships can look at as to say, hey, wait a second, what are my answers to these questions with this person that I've chosen to spend this much time with or even marry? And if I don't like the answers, it tells me where some of my work is. Remember, there's something for monogamous people to learn from polyamory. There is a lot that people already married in relationships can learn from early important relational concepts and steps and tips because it's all the same work. Whether you're newly single and courting someone or you're in a 10-year marriage, 20-year marriage, you still want to keep romance alive front of mind and build it in. So it's very similar work. <clears throat> so after, you know, again, after we've gone on a date with someone or again, those we're in a relationship with currently because we're trying to figure out where the work is, um, <clears throat> do you feel heard and seen? That is the first question I'll ask someone after they go on a date if I'm working with them. I don't say, did you find them hot? Did you find them hot? How hot were they? I first say, did you feel seen and heard? Because that matters most. It doesn't matter how hot they are if you didn't feel seen and you didn't feel heard. <clears throat> because there's a lot born out of that. That means the other person maybe wasn't interested. Maybe they're narcissistic and self-centered. There's, there's a wealth of things that could be going on. But more importantly, one of the core bases of feeling like you're part of a secure, attached relationship is feeling seen and heard. And if someone can create that on a first date, a second date, a third date, that's a good sign. That's a good sign of compatibility. Also, long-term relationships, check in on that. Do you feel seen and heard with your partner? And if not, time to start working on that. That is an inherent thing that should exist in all relationships at all stages. So weigh in on that. Here's another good one. Did they make me laugh? Did I have fun? It's that, it's that F word again. Was it fun? I don't care again, were they hot enough? Were they over six feet tall? Because that is an arbitrary standard. People throw out their height and weight requirements. I say, did you laugh? Did you have fun? But again, if you're married in a long-term relationship, are you having fun with your partner? And if not, start focusing on creating and having fun with them again playful. So I want to know, were you and your date able to be fun and playful? We enter relationships to make our lives fun, to make them better, bigger, to have a companion. We don't enter them to make our lives harder, sadder, more stressful. So in early dating, we, that's mandatory to find someone you have fun and playfulness with and to try to create that and maintain that down the road as well. In addition to feeling seen and heard, all of these are universal things that we want to have. We absolutely want them in the beginning because if it's not there in the beginning, we really shouldn't expect it to necessarily be there down the road. And this is something we want to make sure we're always focusing on. Ready for this next one? Did I feel attractive? 
When I'm in their presence, do I feel desirable and attractive? That's something that's co-created. And I want people again to also feel that in their longer term relationships. Do I feel attractive? Because there's work for both, both parties, all parties to do around that. Is this partner that I'm going to date with or is my husband or wife or partner of a long time still reflecting back that I'm desirable and desirable to them? Am I finding myself desirable? Am I um, working on still attracting my partner or have I given up on that? Yeah, we want to still create attraction. That's the energy that keeps our relationships full of vitality is creating what and doing what we need to do to feel attractive and to be attractive. Yeah, that matters. For a romance partner, we can't be complaining or shocked that our partner and our relationship no longer has sexuality or romance if we aren't doing what it takes to feel desire. And that's on both ends, coming from us and coming at us. It's, it's a systemic piece of work. What side, what parts of me do they bring out? That's another important question after a date, during dating, and in a long-term relationship. When we're together, what do we co-create? What do we bring out of each other? A lot of frustration and stress and disagreement, or a lot of playfulness and fun, or a lot of depth and introspection. But just ask, answer that honestly, and then look at the answer and say, is that what I'm looking for? And if I'm already in a relationship, how can I work on changing that? But I love that question. When you are together with this person, what is brought out? We should ask that of our friends. We should ask that of our family members. We should ask that of our relationships and be putting more time and energy into creating what we want with these people and to being around those that bring out the parts of ourselves that we want to have brought out. These are really important questions. Do I, am I laugh? Do we, do we create fun and playfulness when we're together? Do I feel seen and heard? Do I feel attractive? And what sides of each other do we bring out? That's that. These are like core threads of healthy relationship and all can be worked on. All right. Coming up next, we're going to keep talking about um, all these important factors to think about in terms of relationality. And uh, later in the show, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM, drop in the DMs on our Loveline AG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're just talking about ways to uh, essentially increase our possibilities of maintaining a long-term happy relationship and also find a good partner when we're dating. Talking earlier in the show about some really interesting research around photo choice. And if you want to go back and re-listen to that, you can do so by going to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. All of that's over there. And then we were just kind of also going through a few questions to ask yourself based on what is co-created when you're sitting with people, people you're married to, people you're friends with, people you're going on dates with. It's a really important question that kind of unearth the important qualities. Notice I don't talk about height, weight, income, how attractive they are, because those are the outward things that aren't as meaningful for long-term security and mental health. The factors we talked about were what parts of ourselves do we bring out when we're sitting together? Do, we, do I feel attractive when I'm with this person? Are we being fun and playful? Do I feel seen and heard? Those are the parts that are uh, the meaningful parts of a long-term happy relationship, not how hot someone is. Um, or their height, things that are irrelevant, or their weight. Now we're talking about a few questions to ask, again, about our experience. Because, again, we are sponges. We internalize. Our self-worth is relational. It's reflected back to us. It's the result of the kinds of environments around the messages, how we feel around people. And so there's some questions we want to ask, again, that help us understand what is being brought up, but it's also what's internalized. Because we are influenced by those we're around. We're open systems like that. So <clears throat> first one is, and this is really important in early dating. This is also important in long-term relationship. 
do you feel desperate for their attention? Is this someone who is present? Is this someone who is open? Is this someone who makes you feel seen and heard? How hard is it to get their attention? Do you feel like you're always chasing them? Because again, the qualities of a secure relationship are consistent, reliable, available, and responsive. And that is what we should look for when dating, and that's what we should create if we're interested in someone and always take that into our relationship. You will not feel safe and secure if you are trying to date or in a relationship with someone who is not consistent, not reliable, not available, and not responsive. Can we make requests for them to provide some more of that? Sure, but we still wait and see if that is what happens. And if not, feel free to stick around, but you will never feel safe and secure if they are not consistent, reliable, available, and responsive. That is what we want, that's what we create. That's what we should be bringing and offering other people. And that's part of, do you feel desperate for their attention? Do you always feel like you're not getting enough? Now, there's self-work within that. It's not just as simple as it's about them. We have to look at ourselves. Are your expectations too high? Are you being too demanding? Are you wanting too much too soon? Because those are things to think about. Some people very early on expect to be a priority. Hey, you've only been dating someone for a few weeks or months. You shouldn't be a priority bigger than friends and family members or hobbies or work. They don't even know you. You have to earn that. So I want to make sure the expectations are correct for where you are. Some people expect too much too soon. I always tell people, don't even assume that you're working towards something committed unless that's been discussed. Don't assume monogamy until that's been discussed. Otherwise, people are dating, going on ongoing dates with others, deciding who they are compatible with to then form a relationship. And that takes time. That is something that is that is born out during experience. You have to have an experience of someone to know. We can't know that based on anything written on paper, which is why long distance relationships are hard. You don't have enough time around them to really assess some important things. You can only figure out if our personalities, if we get along, if we're attracted to each other, it's not enough. So ask yourself that, am I always desperate for their attention? Is it always something I feel like I'm kind of chasing after? Also, um, do they put effort in? It's another sign of availability and interest. Sometimes they're interested, but they're just not that available. They're working too much or they're too social and they're just not ready to have a primary partnership. And so again, they're just not putting a lot of effort in. Maybe it's a sign they want something casual, but you have to just sit and say, there's no right or wrong. I just have to say, do I feel like I'm desperate for their attention and always chasing it? And are they putting effort in? And it can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be that they're bad for not doing these things or something's wrong that they're not doing these things. People might just be relating to you from honesty, from authenticity, basically creating what they want. Often when someone says to me, confused, I don't know what this person wants from me, I'll say this, whatever they're doing with you currently is what they want. How often do they reach out? And the person might say, I don't know, like they'll text me every now and then, that's what they want. They want someone who they can text every now and then. They're showing you what they want. And the question isn't, what do they want? The question is, how do I feel about what it is that we've co-created? How do I feel about what it is they're offering? Because it's right there in front of me. It doesn't make them bad or wrong. <clears throat> That's the answer. It's right there. They're showing you. Another question, and these are important ones. Are they giving the time and energy and attention that you would want given to you to other people? Because that's also something to sit with and notice. Some people aren't too busy. They're just too busy for you. And that's an important thing to look at. How much time and energy they're willing to give to you. How important you are to them. And that's something you want to look at and assess. You know, it also goes under, are they readily available to others? You might notice they're consistent, reliable, and responsive to other people, but take days and hours to get back to you. That doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong. You can get mad at them. There's nothing to get angry about. You can make a request to be closer and more consistent and more serious. 
But at the end of the day, they're going to tell you verbally or through their behavior whether or not that's what they want. And you have to look at that and decide if that's what you want. We can't get angry or frustrated. We're not victimized by that. We're not trapped in that. You have to say, is this level of engagement, this level of responsiveness, this level of commitment and consistency, is that what I want? And if not, I can make a request for more. And if that doesn't happen, I have to go find it or settle into what it is they're looking for. But people get mad, they get frustrated, they feel victimized. No, no one's a victim. Just look at what's going on and decide if that's what it is you want. Because we're looking for someone who wants what we want. We're looking for someone who um, operates at the same level we operate at. There's no too soon or too late. It's about finding that balance. Um, <clears throat> all right, coming up next, we're gonna keep the ball in the air, keep processing through this. Um, and then we're gonna be doing some DMs. So if you've got a question, put it in there, whatever you're wondering about. Someone else might be as well, so you're helping them by helping yourself. Also, you can put in uh, the DMs on our Loveline IG page, any topics you want us to hit or something you want us to drop deeper into. Always happy to do that. Um, stick around, though, because there is a whole lot more to come. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, so stick around. All right, we're back and uh, we're looking at the different models of dating. There's really honestly only about two. Yes, there's more than that, but they basically can all get collapsed down into these main two. And um, the two are game playing and manipulation or authenticity and from a place of empowerment. Those are the two. And game those that are all about game playing manipulation, um, they're not really wanting to be vulnerable. They're not really looking for a relationship. It's really about ego and power and control. And they're the ones that have all these rules, like you have to wait this long before you text them back, never do this, never do that. It's all these rules. Where people that are all about authenticity and empowerment, the answer is always truth. How soon should you text them back? As soon as you like to text people back. How often, as often as you enjoy texting? How much, how close, how close you like to be? What sorts of things should you do on a first date? The kinds of things you honestly like to do. We're not selling a dream, we're not misrepresenting ourselves. And there's something softer and more soothing in that. There's no wrong answer when you're just dating as yourself because dating is about being known not being liked. And some people try to go through all these hoops and loops and ticks and tricks because they think I just need to be liked and get this person. But dating is about assessing compatibility. And so it's about being known, seeing if we're compatible, and if not, great to know, good to know. But if it's just about getting someone, then we're gonna falsely represent, we're gonna to try to manipulate, and then we're gonna have problems down the road because we're not actually interested in compatible. We had to do these games to get this person, and we're gonna to have to keep those games going to keep them. So again, date as yourself. Don't sell a dream or misrepresent. We wanna get rid of the ego list of what we think we need or we have to do. Um, cause we're dating to be known, not to be liked and interested people like signs of interest. So there's no such thing as being too demonstrative or being too available or too responsive. If the person's interested, think about how you feel when someone you like texts you or reaches out, you're excited because you're interested. And that person, if interested, will feel that way as well. And if not, that is good to know. Everything is data. Everything's letting us know where they're at and what they're wanting. So it's all about being more authentic and empowered and not trying to play games or manipulate or misrepresent. It's a very hard thing for people to, to stick down because a lot of us really do believe and have been trained to think that it's a game. It's not a game. And in fact, people are burnt out on it being played like it's a game, you know? Um, and also remember that we can't force relationship. There's nothing I can tell someone to go and do or a place to be 
um, or something to wear or something to say that will promise relationship. But what we can do is create the, di- the conditions within and around, with, around which it can emerge. We can only create the conditions for it to happen, how we're moving through the world, the risks we're willing to take, the obstacles we're willing to overcome and dismantle, putting time and energy and focus into it, being vulnerable, all of that really, really, really matters. It's a numbers game, so we have to just put the time and energy into it. Um, and also remember that in longer-term relationship, you have to create the conditions for the necessary things to exist and maintain that help long-term relationships sustain themselves. Um, and so, you know, really, really, really focus on that. So stop trying to date uninterested people, people that aren't consistent, aren't available, aren't responsive. Move on to those that are. That will help you not get burned out. Um, learn healthy boundaries. Also honor other people's boundaries. Um, more importantly, accept what your true relational needs are without any shame. Don't water down or downplay the, the level of interest or seriousness you have or what you're looking for. That will never make you feel happy. Be more authentic. You know, wear what you wear. Talk about the things that are important to you. Go to the kind of places on dates um, that really reflect the way you like to spend time in the world. So you can really assess, do they fit into your life? Do you fit into theirs? Do you have shared interests? Can they participate at least some level of respect or meaningfulness to what is important to you? We don't have to be twins, but we wanna at least have respect for each other's interests and maybe some level of participation and engagement. We can't find that if we're not being authentic. I also wanna tell people to not jump out of the the dating dynamic with the smallest infraction. It's really easy to get hung up on one thing that's a disagreement and then we just decide that that's the total person. You know, um, some things are more meaningful, but then there's some stupider, smaller things where people get into a little bit of a tiff and you have to be willing to resolve that. Um, not everyone's going to have the same opinions on things. And so uh, be willing to stay longer, be willing to work through. I hear people tell me stories on a dating app where everything was awesome and they're getting along and then they just kind of got a little friction over a topic and it's like, work through that. Get over that. You're going to have friction with people and we have to learn how to resolve that and stick around. That's not necessarily a bad sign. Um, And also just don't ghost people. I think I want to just kind of close out on saying that because there's still people thinking that that's acceptable. If someone responds and follows up to you, you have to present some kind of response back as well. We can't just leave people hanging. It's a bad habit. It's not kind. um, And we're trying to kind of leave that leave that behind us, you know, better behavior in 2022. Um, all right, y'all coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, you know, the drill, drop it in the DMs on our love line, IG page, questions, topics, always anonymous, always confidential, whatever you're wondering about someone else is probably wondering the same thing. So it's really helpful for them. And remember, as I always say, it's about that repetition unlearning and then relearning some stuff. So, you know, and then, uh, past episodes over at, we are channelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line, click on it. You can binge post, reshare and listen. Lots of good stuff. Stick around though. More to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Alyssa. I'm 30 and my mom is 49. She had me at 19 years old. We're super close. She's always brought men she was dating around. And for the most part, they've been really good, but they just never seemed to work out. Recently, she told me that she's been dating a woman and wants me to meet her. I supported decisions. I'm just a little nervous about it. I'm afraid she's dating a woman for the wrong reasons. Or maybe she sees that I'm a lesbian and wants to try her out herself. Should I be feeling anxious about this? No. <laughs> I doubt it's the fact that you're a lesbian and your mom's just like, hey, that seems kind of cool, kind of rad. Let me try that. Although possible, who knows? Um, it might just be that your mom is pushing on her edges. She's challenging herself. She's trying out all options. She's maybe tapping into this part of herself that she didn't have willingness or confidence around before. Or maybe she just met an amazing woman and that's all it really took for her. Um, people come out later in life, if she's even coming out. You know, I don't really know what it means for her, but it, the question was really about you. How should you feel about it? You should let your mom be the adult that she is and to figure it out. Because guess what? If she dates this woman for a while and realizes she's not into that woman or is not into women, she'll then stop dating her and start dating men again. So there's nothing wrong or bad that could come out of this. Let her, you know, let her be where she is and fully support her. Um, I want everyone to take whatever opportunity or chance they can to be with the people they want to be with and to find love. And we don't want to, you know, get in the way of that um, or illegitimize that because it seems different or it's new or it's, you know, not familiar to us. Um, yeah, but I, I, I really doubt it's because you're a lesbian as well. But hey, you never know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she wants to be just like you, you know, you never know. But I thought that was actually really, really sweet that you're kind of throwing there at the end of it. Um, but that, that's the thing. However someone lands on their sexual orientation, there's no bad way to land anywhere. Um, everyone's on a journey and our, our sexuality very much has the uh, capacity to be very plastic and to grow and to change. And the person we've seen ourselves to always be sometimes is more so rooted in situation and, and maybe even homophobia and, uh, you know, who she has access to and... With the world getting more confident and comfortable with different gender presentations and sexual orientations, people are finding their willingness and confidence to step into fluidity and bisexuality and creative ways of being. And it's such a beautiful thing because it's more honest. People aren't being held back from you know anxiety and shame and, and all those other forces that really shouldn't be what determines who we are. I mean, think about that. Imagine not fully living 
who you are because of anxiety and shame, because of what your family's told you or religions told you or cultures told you, or because of what people have known you to be. Um, I don't want someone's sexuality and, and whether or not they find the people they want to be with relationally to be dictated by the comfort of others. You know, it's her journey and she has to trust that those in her life who care about her will also care about the choices she makes. And there's really, like I said, there's no negative outcome to this. Um, dating is always a process of exploring compatibility with that person. And it's never a promise of anything forever or longer term, or even a promise of what kind of relationship or partner will come next. And that's what's so beautiful is she can just be where she is and make whatever meaning out of it she makes out of it. So let her have that moment and um, <clears throat> help her because sometimes dating different genders can shift dating rules and expectations. And that's where you get to really kind of step in and be a cool support helper, um, learn a little bit about some of that world. Uh, and also, like you said, you guys are very close and it maybe gives you <laughs> something else to bond over, even if that feels weird and awkward, <laughs> maybe you can find a sweet moment of intersection or so. I don't, I don't know. But, um, I also wonder about where you live because remember your mom's up against whatever social forces and stigmas and prejudices exist, you know, on the local level too. So I always, I, I try to remind myself to think more about that. Like where geographically is this happening and what, what pressures might unnecessarily or unfairly also come with that. So anywho, there's my answer. Y'all, you got a question, drop it in the DMS, whatever you're wondering about someone else might be too. So you're helping them as you're helping yourself. Lots for us to unlearn and new stuff for us to kind of, uh, put in place. Past episodes are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line and click on it. You can post, re-listen, share, send out, you know, all sorts of stuff. But um, y'all have a good rest of your night. Uh, focus on taking care of yourself. Tons of pleasure, tons of rest, tons of joy. As always, thanks for hanging out with me and y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Have a great night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.